wagons and sufficient horses for our needs, and make it as fast as you can, because my shoulder blades are starting to itch. Too many sodding great Saxons, and all eyeing our baggage, Caddick whispered in agreement. I'll be back as soon as I complete my task, master. He disappeared into the crowd on the edges of the wharf. In the bustle of the dock, Merthian felt intimidated by the hostile stares that were fixed on the small party. He knew they presented an exotic and alien picture in their outlander clothing, but this wharf was part of home, so he felt dislocated and disappointed. Uncharacteristically, he loosened his sword in its sheath, conscious that many covert glances had assessed every weapon of these newcomers. You can't leave your shit on my wharf, my fine young cockerel, a raucous voice bellowed from behind him. Merthian spun swiftly and fell into a slight crouch, one hand on the pommel of his sword and the other gripping his tall staff. The women huddled together nervously, and Finn handed his infant son to his wife, Bridie, in order to reach his own weapon if the need should arise. White-haired Praxiteles, the Greek servant who had accompanied them from Constantinople, merely grinned widely and waited. "'Who are you to accost my party and tell me where or what I may put on a wharf used for public access?' Merthian's voice was as imperious and as careless as the tone that would have been adopted by Ardaba Asper, his father, at the Eastern Emperor's court. Sometimes arrogance had its usefulness. The man who confronted the small party looked superficially like any wharf rat grown powerful because of his added bulk and height. A large man, he was very wide in girth, almost fat, which was an unusual feature in a northerner. But unlike Hengist and Horsa, whom Merthian had admired, this man was filthy. His nails were black crescents on greasy, unwashed paws, and it was impossible to determine the color of his hair because it was so heavily thickened by bear grease and grime. His eyes were a muddy green, and his face was very brown and weathered with a ruddy hue under a generous coating of dirt. When he spoke, he revealed yellowed fangs and several missing teeth, especially in the front of his mouth. Merthian noted the ridged scar tissue on the man's knuckles and swiftly concluded that this thug loved to fight. I'm Hothnar of Dubris, master of the docks, and you owe me a gold coin for landing. The large man grinned as a small group of shifty dock workers moved into position behind him. Pay up, my fine cockerel, and I'll guarantee your women will go untouched. Merthian sneered back at the hulking brute with a contemptuous twitch of his lips. Is this the way the Dubris greets travellers, Rothnar? He smiled as he waited for the big man to make an aggressive movement against them. What law permits you to levy these ridiculous charges? It's not a charge. It's a donation to the poor workers of the docks. And it's your choice if you pay or not, but three men won't stop us from taking what is ours to confiscate. What have you got that's so precious, I wonder? Merthian continued to smile reasonably, but he felt his slow anger eating away at his common sense, and he bit his lip to mitigate his rising fury. Beware, Rothnar of Dubris, for I have friends in high places. You, you're a damned Celt. No matter how fine your clothes might be, you're nothing but a stinking, Rome-loving shit-eater like the rest of your cowardly tribe. What are you going to do that would stop us taking what we want from those packs of yours? 
Little Willa began to cry at the raised voices. So Brangain rummaged in a nearby pack and produced a small cake, drenched and sticky with honey. The lout barely spared the widow a glance, which was foolish, for Praxiteles saw her palm one of her master's scalpels in her right hand. I have served many kings. Among them were High King Vortigern of the Britons, King Merovech of the Frankish lands, and King Theodosius of the Visigoths. And I am owed a debt of honour by your Thane Hengist who carves a kingdom out of the northern lands of Britain. You would be foolish to presume that I, Merthian Merlinus, or my companions are harmless. Merthian had difficulty framing the prideful words with their necessary disdain for lesser mortals. But if he read his adversary correctly, Hrothnar would only be dissuaded from violence if he feared personal repercussions. Unfortunately, greed was too powerful an incentive.